The Mortgage Calculator, your favorite non-QM lender with over 5,000 unique loan products. In the meantime, happy Friday, everyone. Hope everyone was having a great week, getting prepared for the weekend. Good topic today that a lot of people may have some misconceptions about, and a lot of people you know, want to use them to help out their clients. So we're going to go over those here today shortly. All right. Some people dropping in the chat. Mark, Jay, Ross, Dave, Adam. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday, Elvin. Happy Friday, Madison. Everybody tune in. Appreciate it. Okay. Looks like we are live on all the different platforms, so we can go ahead and get started. We'll go ahead and take the chat off the screen, and we'll get into it. Well, everyone, my name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of The Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We do this day mortgage rates live show every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, where we go through the different live mortgage rates of different programs, and then we do a deep dive into a different topic every day. Now, though we are a lender that specializes in core, or excuse me, specializes in non-WM loans, we also do conventional FHA, USDA, and everything in between. Now, today's deep dive topic is going to be down payment assistance programs. A lot of loan officers may have some misconceptions about this as well as borrowers. And it's definitely a tool to use, but it's important to know when to use that tool and how to use that tool. So Jose, our sales manager with 27 years of experience, he is going to go into a deep dive into that and pull up some actual down payment assistance quotes. However, before we do that, just like we do every morning, we're going to go ahead and pull up our pricing tool and go over the rates today. So Nick, if you're ready, let's go ahead and pull it up and see what the market is looking like this morning. All right. Let me go ahead and switch my screen and we'll get started. So as Kyle mentioned, this is our pricing tool for our team of mortgage professionals. We have over 300 loan officers and are licensed in 23 states for primary and second homes. And we can do our business purpose, DSCR commercial loans in 44 states. So if you'd like a full breakdown, a full loan estimate with all the costs, please get with one of our team members. Our pricing tool will show the general rates and ARs with the programs we have today. It is May 19th, just after 11 a.m. So all of our basic programs are live here. So we will use this tool to check out the general term. So we'll set up our basic scenario so we can compare across the programs. We will set a 400000 loan amount. We will set an LTV of 80% loan to value, 20% down payment. We will set a desired price of 99 That means we're going to ask the computer to find the best rate at one discount point in cost. Most customers are asking to buy down the rate a little bit, so that is the most common request. And we'll compare our informing conventional loans to our FHA programs and then go into our expanded guidelines, aka non-QM, where we have over 5,000 additional loan programs. Uh, we don't do VA or USDA live. VA is only for our eligible uh, service members and veterans. So if you are, please let us know. We'd be happy to quote it, but not everybody is. And same with USDA. That's only for properties that are in an eligible area. So if you do happen to be shopping in a USDA eligible area, please let us know. We can quote that very quickly as well. So for our first scenario, we'll set up conforming just. 30-year fixed loan, pretty standard, primary home, single family, one unit, state of Florida, County Miami-Dade. And for all of our demos today, we'll do an estimated FICO score of 760 and an estimated debt-to-income ratio of 40. So with these basic settings, let's check out the rates this morning. That was quick. So it looks about the same as it was yesterday. Not much happening this week on the rates. 6.625, one discount point in cost, and a final APR of 6.801. 
So I believe that's exactly what it was yesterday. But we do the show every day to see what movements there may be. Now, if for any reason our customer doesn't qualify for conventional or wants to compare programs, usually the next option that we compare is going to be J. And we're going to compare the ADRs so that we can compare across the programs, apples to apples. So we'll go back to our pricer here, set up the same exact scenario, simply switch to FHA. Everything else will stay the same. And that way we can check out our FHA rates this morning. So again, I think that's about the same as it was yesterday. So the best option here, 6.0 rate for one discount point in cost and a final APR of 6.602. So in this case, this FHA loan, even with the mortgage insurance, uh, the upfront mortgage insurance and yearly mortgage insurance, the APR is actually a little bit lower than conventional. So as we say, recently most of the borrowers out there looking at a conventional loan also recommend to check out FHA. In this scenario, it's actually a tad bit cheaper, uh, definitely a good option. Now, if we go back to our pricer, if for any reason our forward does not qualify for FHA or conventional, uh, many other banks or lenders don't have other options, but that's where we love to come in with our non-QM expanded guidelines options, where we have over 5,000 additional loan programs we can qualify our customers with. And that is with alternative income. So if we set expanded guidelines, we have a new option pop up here for income verification. And full doc is what we use for J and conventional. That's two years tax returns, what everybody's used to. So we will typically choose one of these other options when we choose non-QM. So we have asset-based programs, business bank statement programs. We have investor DSCR programs we'll talk about in a second. We have our bank statement programs for personal bank statements. We have VOE, 1099, PL, all these different options. Our most popular one by far is the personal bank statement 12 months. And that's for a primary home, obviously, that we're comparing here. And that's going to be for our self-employed borrowers. Most of the time, our self-employed borrowers, when they submit two years of tax returns, I will have various write-offs and things that may not show as much income as they could. So therefore, if they don't qualify at all or need to qualify for more, these options using their last 12 months of bank statements instead of their tax returns allow us to use their cash in the bank to determine a debt to income ratio of 40% in this example, instead of using their tax returns. So most of our self-employed borrowers will either qualify where they don't or qualify for much more loan amount and the home they really want. So let's check out our non-QM rates this morning. So looks like a good option here at the top, the 7.25 rate. 0.875 discount points and costs and a final APR of 7.326. So remember the conventional was 6.801, I believe on the APR. So comparing across the programs, very comparable there to use bank statements in this case and solve the problem for our borrower for relatively a small amount of additional costs. So if our borrowers need any help, this is where we can come in and solve these problems with these amazing programs. These also allow us to get around some of the other guidelines. It's called expanded guidelines for a reason, because some of these programs, maybe at the higher rates uh, that you see down here, these options we have may allow things like a, a foreclosure or a bankruptcy or other credit type of event. So please get with our team. They can navigate which one of these options will work best for you. Now, before we get into Jose's demo, we always want to do our live pricing for investment properties. So whether we're working with a first-time investor or a seasoned investor, we have many options to choose from. So first we'll set up the scenario, same as it was before, 80% loan to value, 20% down payment, everything else is staying the same. And we're going to compare our forming conventional investment property rates with our expanded guidelines, aka non-QM. And that's the two options we'll compare. Remember FHA, VA, USDA are not eligible for investments. So we'll start with conforming. Everything else is staying the same. All we've changed is the occupancy to investment property. So let's check out the investment rates this morning.
So it looks like the best option to computer found, 7.125 rate for 3.375 discount points and costs and a final APR of 7.38. So you see here investment properties, a little bit more expensive here with conventional. They have added what they call loan level price adjustments, which make it hard for us to find an option for one discount point. So this option here, while the best APR, our investors would typically like a higher rate option for less discount points. So in order to solve that problem, definitely recommend our investors compare these investment property options with the non-QM options. So for our final demo to compare, we'll set this to investment property, set this to ADLTV, and we will go with our expanded guidelines, aka non-QM here. And we'll have a couple new options to fill. First, we've got to select our income as we did before. And the most popular option by far in our flagship product here is the DSCR loan, stands for debt service coverage ratio. And that's because it doesn't actually require any income from the borrower. We're simply going to use the estimated rental income from the property to determine if that rental income can cover the debt service. So the debt service coverage ratio is greater than 1.00 if the estimated rental income could cover the PITIA of the mortgage, aka the property cash flows on a monthly basis. That's a ratio of 1.00 or higher. We also have programs for a ratio of under one, aka the property doesn't cash flow on a monthly basis, but we still have options for that. So for our demos, I'll always leave this blank so that all the options pop up. And the final thing we have to set is a prepayment penalty. Three years is standard for all of the non-QM investment properties. However, we can choose zero. That will limit the loan programs that we can choose from and cost more money. Or we can choose five years, which will, again, not all the programs allow five years, but it does save us money when we uh, find one that works. So to look at the most common option, we will use three years so that we can see all the different programs. So with these basic settings, let's check out our DSCR rates. All right, looks like the best option the computer found here, 7.5% rate for 0.975 discount points of cost. So our investors will be happy with that, just a little bit higher rate, and final APR of 7.58. So just a tad bit higher on the APR there. Definitely recommend almost all of our investors would choose a DSCR loan over a conventional loan for many reasons. Uh, obviously, saving discount points is one and the flexibility. So with these DSCR loans, since they don't require employment or income or any other information about the borrower, we're simply going to use the property. Some of our investors will do one, two, five, ten loans at a time because they're able to cash out from properties they already own in order to do DSCR loans on other properties and invest in new properties. So these uh, programs are amazing. There's tons of different options for different DSCR ratios you can see here. So please get with our team. They'll navigate which one of these options will work best for you. And as we mentioned on the other expanded guidelines, some of these may allow credit events such as foreclosures and bankruptcies. Obviously, those would be the ones with a little bit higher rates. And some of these may allow things like short-term rental income as well, which we go over in a couple episodes, which would be a little bit higher rates there. So we love to solve these problems with these products here. So please get with our team and they'll find the best DSCR option for you. So now let me go ahead and introduce our deep dive topic for today. For those of you that joined us earlier, you know we're going to be talking about down payment assistance loans. So totally opposite of what we were just talking about. Definitely not a non-QM program, but these are definitely problem solvers, right? Some borrowers need these. So it's great to have in our tool belt as loan officers. So our team do, uh, you know, does have these at their disposal. Doesn't always work for every borrower, but when it's needed, it's definitely a great tool to have. So down payment assistance, uh, sometimes there's some misconceptions. So 
I'm going to have Jose, our 27-year veteran, explain a little bit of the ins and outs. He's also been a realtor for 27 years as well, so he can see where some of the challenges are on the you know purchase side with down payment assistance as well. So if you're ready, Jose, let's go ahead and have you take over and talk about down payment assistance. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Hey, now down payment assistance, what it is and what it isn't, right? Um, something to really be aware of with the down payment assistance programs is that they are not always what they seem because a lot of times the down payment assistance programs require the deal to be a lender paid, excuse me, borrower paid, right? So if it's a borrower paid situation, and you're in a DPA, uh, that's really not going to work out for what you're trying to do unless you get like 6% seller contribution to your closing costs, right? So that's something that you really have to take into consideration when you are analyzing. What, is, your- what does that mean for the realtor side too? That's what I wanted you to touch on, Jose. How, how does that work if, if we structure a loan that needs those kinds of concessions, uh, what does that do to the realtor on the transaction here? Well, you really, really need to, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that, that's a make it or break a situation because yeah, you, a, I would say this goes back to the genesis of the deal, right? When everybody's expectations are getting set, right? You have to, obviously this is a team effort. So this uh, communication would have to be to everyone involved, especially to the buyer's agent and to the buyer and explain to them what are the potential pitfalls of the DPA, because obviously we're going to have to tell them if it's a DPA program where it requires borrower pay, then you need to let them know, hey, by the way, for, for this deal to work, the structure of this deal is that we're assuming that you realtor are going to be able to negotiate a certain amount of seller contribution to be able to cover at least the cost of the borrower paid comp, right? So assuming the standard margin out there is 2.75 for most brokers and lenders. So that would mean that the realtor would at the minimum have to negotiate a 2.75% of the sales price seller contribution to be able to cover that additional closing cost expense that is being brought upon by the down payment assistance program. So it's like, okay, we're going to give you 3.5%, but then you got to go and request 2.75 from the realtor. So then if, I mean, from the seller's agent. So if that's the case, why not just get the lower rate and negotiate the seller contribution independently of having to get any kind of down payment assistance program and restrictions because essentially that's what's going on you're either going to be lender paid and the comp is built into the rate already or you go to one of these dpa programs you go borrower paid and then on top of that the pricing is not as good because it's not your common program there's less competition so the pricing is not going to be as good on top of that so you're gonna it's almost like a double negative as i see it however that is why we are doing this show today to basically show our team and all those others in the audience that we do have a down payment a national 
down payment assistance program because that's something also to note. Some of these programs out there are very localized in nature. There may be a municipal program by a city. There may be a county program. There may be a state program. All of those are very specific programs. The lender originators have to be approved by those programs And then as a company, that company would have to then basically throughout its whole footprint duplicate the opportunities nationally. So that's what presents a lot of challenges when doing those localized DPA programs. And on top of that, those programs are based on availability of funds, right? So they'll tell you, yes, theoretically, you can get this this assistance realistically, you have to wait till there's funding. And when the funding comes in, there's usually a long line of people waiting and that funding is gone like in five minutes. And then you got to sit there and wait again till there's additional funding, which is usually coming from like surtaxes on deeds and mortgage taxes. And whenever they find a little extra money, they do a feel good gesture and say, okay, let's put that some funding into those low to moderate income based down payment assistance programs. Notice what I just said, low to moderate income based down payment assistance program, which is also based on how much money you have in savings. So if you have a borrower that actually has some money and says, I'm going to take advantage of of those DPAs, it's not going to happen. If you have a borrower that's making a lot of money and says, I'm going to take advantage of DPA, it may be a challenge because most of them do have income limitations. So they're not the panacea that everybody thinks that they are. A lot of times all they may do is take you down a rabbit hole to nowhere. And then on top of that, if you do get your borrower eventually pre-approved for one of these programs, they do come with additional logistical challenges to the deal, right? Whereas mostly out there, you know, most of these deals, you know, you got to close them in 30 days if you want to get the contract, right? I mean, there may be some markets out there now that may be a little bit more imbalanced, maybe giving some seller contribution, maybe accepting 45 or 60 day closings, But most of the markets out there are not. They're still on the 30-day. And if you get 45 days to close, it's pulling teeth. You're probably not going to get the deal. So these other DPA programs have a second approval stage usually. The initial approval is done by the lender. Then you got a package shipped the package to the secondary institution, you know, or governmental agency or whoever is reviewing it. They'll review it, they'll approve it, and then you'll be ready to close. But that may present additional logistical challenges. So I wanted to set the framework. So that's not what we're doing here. No, exactly. I wanted to set the framework of the usual preconceived notion of DPAs and then let you know what it really actually, what you can be facing. And now let you know that the programs that, that we participate in is a national program. It is lender paid program. So, and, you know, usually it is, you're going to be able to cover the full cost of the program and maybe even get a little bit of a lender credit on top of the down payment assistance, you know, so we, and, and there are down payment assistance programs, and then there are closing cost assistance programs, right there. So, and the difference is the cost on the money. Right. The you have the forgivable option, which is obviously going to have a higher cost on the money because they do build in extra, you know, rate earnings for themselves to be able to give you the forgivable option versus the repayable option, as you'll see now 
in the examples that I'm going to give. So our first example here is a forgivable DPA purchase, 96.5% maybe with 3.5% down payment assistance. Can you try to zoom in a tab? Uh, yes. Try to yeah. make it a tab yeah. bigger. Let me, here we go. We're a full screen there, there now. Yeah, that's nice. All Thank right. You. So this is 3.5% of the sales price and down payment assistance. Now, this does have a minimum 620 credit score. And now, this is obviously the aphrodisiac one, right? This is the one that says that if after 60 months, you have not made any 90-day late payments and you're currently not late, then they will forgive it. Right. So this is the one everybody looks at because, you know, it's in this case, you're looking at, you know, 15,000 bucks. Right. That they could tell you after making payments for five years and they're going to write it off. That's cool. And uh, the best rate here. And, oh, and again, this is to be combined with an FHA loan only. Right. Because I see different scenarios out there of people asking, hey, can I do a bank statement loan and get DPA and stuff like that? I, I, I don't know, but I don't think so, because all the ones I've seen, at least, are combining them with an FHA loan. So here you're looking at 7.625. Right. And you actually have a three hundred and eighty dollar lender credit on top of three point five percent that you could, you know, they call it down payment assistance, but it's basically going to get lumped into help with your cash to close, right? It's either, you know, you're down, however you want to think about it, down payment, closing costs, you're getting $15,750 basically as a credit to apply to the cash to close. So in essence, that you could see it as your down payment, and then you just got to come up with the closing costs. And, and hey, you never know. Maybe you can negotiate a little bit of seller credit on top of that. And that's just additional frosting on the cake, right? You're but there, double- there will be a closing cost, right, Jose? Yeah. So oh, even yeah, with but- DPA, that doesn't mean zero, de- zero money. It means zero down payment. But right. it doesn't always mean zero money unless you got a really good realtor, right? That gets you those extra credits. That's what, but that's the beauty of this program. It gives you actually additional options. Whereas the yes. other program, you are exhausting your seller credit attempt or at least using up 2.75 of any potential seller credit you could get to pay for the borrower paid compensation. So in this program, you don't have that that hole to fill from the onset. You're coming in already with that extra credit that you know you're going to get. So you know what? It wouldn't hurt to tell your realtor, hey, realtor, please, you know, let's see. You know, it doesn't hurt to try. Let's see if we can get a, you know, 2%, you know, 1%, something. Get me, get me something there to help with the closing costs because you have your down payment covered. So this is a really sweet program when you consider all the opportunities it really does give you and especially if it's the forgivable one you know that's the one everybody dreams of that they they see that as almost free money you know so that's that's a nice deal and remember lender credit on top of everything there 7.625 so the rate you know a little bit above above one percent more or less above the regular fha rates but at a great benefit here. Now, also, what I did mention, some of you may want to price the, you know, a lender credit on a normal FHA and see you, you usually you can bump up the rate a little bit and get one percent, one and a half percent, depending on the pricing. Maybe even two percent lender credit at the highest rate in the rate sheet that would probably be similar to this. So you know, see what you can do there. 
So this is our forgivable option. So now, so you can see the difference. This is our repayable option. Now you will know, you know, same loan amount, nothing changes here. The only thing that's changed is the option has different pricing. Now this one does have a minimum 660 credit score. And you say, well, why would anybody go for the repayable option? It just has to do with the pricing on the on the rate, right? You get a now little bit better pricing there. Let's talk though here about the repayable option. There's still no monthly payment on that loan, right? It's when they sell or pay off or refinance, right? So it's it's uh, the the repayable doesn't mean that it adds to their payment. Is that correct, Jose? Well, I would have to look at the guidelines for that to confirm because it does say after sixty months they don't. Then it's for then it is forgiven if no ninety day late payment. So I'm assuming the ninety day late payments would be on the first and not on the second. It is a nine point nine nine percent interest rate on the second that they put on those. So. We, you know, we would have to confirm that. I'm assuming there's no payment on the forgivable because they only mention if no late payments after 60 months. But we would have to confirm that detail in the guidelines. Gotcha. So this one is 7.125% rate, and it's half a percent lower right here. So total half a percent lower. So you're, you know, if you have a borrower that, you know, and, and, oh, one other thing I didn't mention, it's a 50% maximum TI, total debt DTI, which is less than the FHA uh, maximum of 56.9%. So again, this is a little bit of a twist to using this program. You know, they're not going to let you max it out to the DTI and throw a second mortgage in there as well. You know, there has to be some risk factors there. But again, half a percent lower. So if you're having issues with the DTI, 7.625 won't let you reach it. Then you may have to do the uh, repayable option to be able to meet. So that could possibly be another reason why someone would do this versus the forgivable. But now we have other options here. Now we have the 3% closing cost assistance option, right? This one gives you up to you know 3%, which in our example is $13,500. Now you will know this has better pricing, at least better rate. I'm not sure, so sure about the pricing because it is a, a lender, I mean, a discount cost. I think that was roughly 0.6 points there for the 6.75 rate. And this was the best cost option for this program. But again, if the if the issue could be DTI uh, and you need the lower rate and still get some good pricing, then this could possibly be the option for your borrower. This is a 3% closing cost assistance. Now we have a 4% closing cost assistance. Right. So this one, you, for our example of a $450,000 purchase, you're going to get $17,370 in, in a second mortgage at 9.9%, 9.99, which is the interest rate on all of these. You'll see, again, the rate is half a percent higher to give you that extra 1% of closing cost assistance. So... And if your borrower is short. Now, with this program, keep in mind, there shouldn't be any reason for somebody not to buy as long as they have the 3.5% down. 
because here now you have 5% closing cost assistance, right? $21,712 that they can get to assist with the purchase. The rate is 7.25%. The cost is a little bit higher. It's a little bit above one point to get the 5% closing cost assistance. So, you know, it's about a half a point more in cost between the 4% and the 5%. So you do get like a half a percent extra benefit to go with the 5%, but there's also a half a percent extra cost. So you have to weigh the options of if they really need to go to the 5% plan versus the 4% plan. But if they really need it, there's no choice here. You got it. $21,712.50 with a minimum 660 credit score and 9.99% is the rate. So 3%, 4%, 5% closing cost assistance and 3.5% down payment assistance forgivable and 3.5% down payment assistance repayable. 660 is a minimum credit for all of them except for the forgivable, which has a minimum score of 620 and all of them have a maximum total debt DTI of 50% and a maximum housing expense DTI of 40%. So keep that in mind, 40, 50 on the DTIs of these. So I see a couple questions or at least one. Right. Uh, Ben's asking if you can do buy downs on these. I think they have a little bit of extra rules, but. Well, now we're talking about like a two, one buy down, something like that. No, I don't think any of that is possible with this type of program. They're, they're already convoluting the waters enough with a second mortgage and everything. So the pricing is pretty set. Now you get, there are different rate options that you can pick at from, pick from that have different cost just like just like any other rate sheet the the rate that i offered to you know that i showed here i shared with you all was the rate with the lowest cost because that's the what i assume is the gist of doing these programs is you have somebody with limited resources that's trying to get into the deal with the lowest out of pocket so you would then pick the rate that has the lowest cost and remember, the, the temporary buy-downs are just kind of one strategy. You can always get a seller credit and use a seller credit towards buying the rate down, obviously, right? So, uh, And with FHA, which all of these are, you can get, uh, what is it, 6% you know, contributions. So you can use it for whatever you want there, Ben. So uh, those temporary buy-downs aren't really needed on a FHA, I would say, especially when you're already able to go so high on the seller contributions or interested party, IPC, interested party contributions you can structure it with the credits you might need. So I think, you know, it's it's not the magic bullet that everybody thinks it is. I think that's one of the things that we learned here today. And also the examples that Jose went over, remember, are lender paid. Most lenders and mortgage brokers do not have a lender paid option. And so as Jose said, borrower paid, 2.75 is added to every example, you know, essentially that he went over as far as the costs. And that's essentially almost defeating the purpose of the program, right? Jose, it almost is, like you said, a double negative. It doesn't make sense a lot of the time. A lot of the time they can just come with the 3.5% down anyways as a better option, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, a lot of times those programs are just an aphrodisiac, you know, drawing the people in 
But, you know, once you peel away all the layers of the onion, you realize what, what, you, what you're really getting. So, yeah, I mean, those the bar or paid ones are really not everything that they are cracked up to be. All right. We got one more question here from Geneva. So if the credit scores are high enough to use the closing cost assistance uh, rather than the DPA to get the lower rate, is that a good strategy there, Jose? Well, again, what we're probably going to be more concerned with when we're looking at the rates there with these borrowers is going to be the DTI of 50% max, right? That's that's what you got to really take into consideration there. That may be more the reason why you may be having to go with one of the closing cost assistance programs that has a lower rate versus going for the DPA that has potentially a 1% higher rate. And if your bar is that close to the 50%, that might that might put them over. Then it doesn't matter how much assistance you get. If you don't qualify for the DTI, you're not going to get the loan. Great point. So it's all about structure here. You can, you can use this to your advantage. Jose just had one option, but there's many other structuring options that you would use this for. So it's important to have all the options, right? If we only had DPA and not closing cost assistance, there would be customers that would just not work for, right? So that is a great point. Yeah, so just be aware of of what your resources are and know that if you do have someone that's a little short, you have this option right here to do either DPA or if it's don't want to get too complicated, you know, the closing cost assistance, throw a little something in there and, uh, you know, make the deal happen. So I think it goes back to as, as far as a loan officer being a consultant, as you said, knowing your resources and mapping this all out, right? Mapping out what it would look like if we did the actual DPA or the closing cost assistance, or if we just say, you know what, what would it look like if we just did it and just did 3.5% down as an FHA loan? And then also, as you said, Jose, maybe it just ends up being, if you can get a little bit of seller contribution, then the 3.5% down without a DPA program at all, it might be way better than trying to mess around with all this stuff with second mortgages, right? Absolutely. As well as, like I was mentioning, look at the rate stack when you are pricing out those FHA loans, because a lot of times on the FHA loan, you're going to have a rate stack in the upper end of the interest rate that's going to offer lender credits. The borrower just has to agree to accept a little bit higher rate, and there's lender credit associated once you go with an above par rate, unless the borrower has a, a very dismal credit score, that then there's going to be loan level price adjustments. But on FHA, normally, if you're you know above like a 620, 640, something like that, you're going to get pretty good pricing and you're probably going to be able to get maybe anywhere up to like a one and a half percent, maybe even 2% lender credit built into the rate and maybe get 1% from the seller. And then you got 3% there and you have a more streamlined loan. You know, it's going to close quicker no second mortgages or anything like that. All right. We're, it doesn't look like there's any other questions. Definitely appreciate that breakdown, Jose. Comes down to being a, a, a consultant. If you are interested in these down payment assistance programs, you can visit us at themortgagecalculator.com. So we can pair you up with one of our loan officer consultants that can walk you through these programs. And all the loan officers out there, again, it's a tool to use and it's something that you need to walk through all of the different options that your company has available to then find what is best for your client. And I think one of the key things here, right, is that seller contributions is a big part of this, 
Right, Jose, working with the realtor. Almost everything we talked about here is including a seller contribution or could use a seller contribution to solve the problems, right? So, all right. Well, again, we do this show every single weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern. We go through the different rates. We do a deep dive into a different topic. So we'll be doing another one on Monday. So make sure you tune in. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope to see you on Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern for the next episode of Daily Mortgage Rates Live with the Mortgage Calculator. Everybody take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Apply now at themortgagecalculator.com for instant mortgage rate quotes for over 5,000 loan products.